0: Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a biweekly podcast produced by Cure Epilepsy. Today on Seizing Life, I'm happy to welcome back to the show Gardner Lapham, Gardner is a longtime advocate for epilepsy awareness and research and the recipient of the American Epilepsy Society's 2021 Extraordinary Contributions to the Field of Epilepsy Award. She is a former CURE Epilepsy Board Chair and a trustee of the BAND Foundation, which supports SUDEP prevention and education work, as well as efforts to reduce the treatment gap in low-income countries. Gardner is also a co-founder and three-time chair of PAMI, a collaboration of epilepsy organizations, providers, patients, and families that she is here to tell us about today. Gardner, thank you so much for joining us today. You are truly one of the original pioneers in SUDEP awareness and research, and I'm just so thrilled to have you here today. To start, why don't you tell us a little bit about PAMI and
1: what it stands for? Well, first of all, just thanks kelly for having me here you're amazing and what you've done and all the awareness you've created so you and cure are a force and i am so happy to be here and i'm really happy that you all are having me on to talk about pammy and to shine a light on its work because it's a really exciting um, initiative so PAMI it stands for Partners Against Mortality in Epilepsy. And it is a multi-stakeholder collaborative. It's not its own organization, but it's housed within the American Epilepsy Society. And um, it is, was created to bring professionals together with people with epilepsy and the bereaved to, to come around a common agenda. So PAMI's mission is um, to convene, educate, and inspire all stakeholders, from people living with epilepsy, to bereaved, to researchers, healthcare providers, medical examiners, to bring them all together to promote understanding and drive prevention around epilepsy-related mortality. I want to get into some of the specifics
0: of what PAMI does, but uh, before that, I want to Discuss your personal connection to um, to Pammy. What
1: drove you to found it, um, and and your personal connection to epilepsy? Well, I, I didn't found it alone. You know, Pammy was founded um, by a group of individuals and organizations who wanted to come together to advance this work. Cure was a founding partner, along with the Epilepsy Foundation, American Epilepsy Society, and Danny did. Um, but, but I was drawn to this effort because, as you know, I lost my son, as you lost your daughter, to epilepsy, both of them just little ones. Henry um, Henry died when he was four um, unexpectedly and suddenly, and it was only a very short time after his epilepsy diagnosis. Um, and this was about almost 14 years ago, Kelly. Um, when not a lot was going on in the SUDEP research and awareness world. Actually, CURE Cure was really the only one out there providing research grants in the space. Um, So I started to search for answers and um, was frustrated that there wasn't enough going on. So I saw, um, in PAMI, I saw the promise of bringing people with epilepsy and the bereaved together with professionals to um, be part of the solution. Um, to work in partnership um, with these professionals, I knew that together, you know, we could really make a difference and that the the family voice and experience was an important part of um, making change.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more that sort of patient driven awareness that we have seen be so impactful both in the epilepsy community and beyond. So getting sort of specifically into what it is that PAMI, you know, what are the initiatives, what are PAMI's goals, and what has it accomplished over, I mean, I guess PAMI's actually been around for a little while now.
1: Yeah, it actually, it has. It's hard to believe PAMI's first meeting was 12 years ago. So so PAMI started out as a conference that was held every two years. It was two and a half days long. And its goal then was to create awareness and understanding around these issues. And and in recent years, we have evolved to provide more educational and ongoing content. So we're still doing the conferences, and there will be one this year on December 1st in Nashville, the day before the um, AES annual meeting. But then we are going to continue um, to roll out more webinars. We started that effort last year, and this year we'll have a number of other webinars. So please check out our website, PAMIonline.org, to find out more information about the conference and the webinars. And then in addition to education content. Hammy wants to evolve to uh, convene uh, partners and individuals to identify where, where are the gaps in the field and how can we work collaboratively to make progress on areas that are currently being overlooked.
0: And for those who may not be aware, AES is the American Epilepsy Society, and they have a big meeting once a year with researchers and clinicians and presenting science and different studies. And it is um, it is a brilliant bringing together of epilepsy minds to really push that science forward. Um, so it, it makes so much sense that PAMI would be housed within AES and would have their meeting in conjunction with that larger meeting. You know, we've talked a lot about SUDEP, unfortunately, on this podcast. Um, It's not a comfortable topic, but I think those of us who have lived within this space for quite some time feel the urgency and the need for us to speak about it, but that is not the only way that someone can lose their life to epilepsy. What are the other ways that we see mortality in epilepsy?
1: Okay, that that is very true. Um, So overall, um, people with epilepsy have a three times greater risk of dying prematurely than the general population. And Pammy really tries to focus on the preventable causes or the possibly preventable causes of mortality, and those are, as you say, SUDEP. But it's but they're also but it's also suicide, status epilepticus, and then accidents. And so, um, you know, people with epilepsy um, very often suffer from co-occurring psychiatric conditions, and the most common are depression and anxiety, um, and. This is a horrible statistic, but attempted and completed suicides are estimated to be between five and fourteen percent of people with epilepsy. So that's that's pretty significant um, and and preventable often. And then there are um, accidents such as burns and car collisions and falls that put um, people with epilepsy at risk. And then of course there's status epilepticus, which is not common, but when it happens, it's a medical emergency that requires attention, It can lead to a brain um, death. And um, so that definition of status is a seizure that lasts longer than, than five minutes. Um, and then as you mentioned, um, SUDEP, which is the leading cause of epilepsy related mortality. But I think what we've learned in SUDEP is um, a community has been created around this one area of mortality. And that is really meaningful, has been meaningful in advancing awareness and research and understanding. And so Pammy. Um, wants to shine a light on all of these mortalities and create a, a community for, for all of it. So often we just talk about pieces, but it's really important to look at all the mortalities.
0: Well, and and to that point, um, you know, we recently had Dr. Elizabeth Donner on the podcast and she was talking the um, statistic that one out of every thousand people with epilepsy will die of SUDEP each year. Do we have statistics for these other types of mortalities in epilepsy?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, there there have been, you know, some studies um, that give us an idea of prevalence and give us an idea of risk. But really, you know, the gold standard um, is population-based surveillance. And that, that just doesn't exist for SUDEP or for other causes of mortality. Um, so when these deaths aren't Counted when they're underreported, they don't get the attention um, or resources needed to really make a difference um, in you know the burden that they are. So um, we really need to improve these reporting systems and make deaths accurately counted.
0: Well, you know, and I can imagine how easily it is for those statistics to be skewed. You know, you think about someone who has a seizure and drowns. Does it go on? you know does it get reported as a drowning does it get reported as drowning due to seizure like you know i'm not even sure what those categories are i know that when i was finally able to look at my daughter's death certificate even though she didn't die from a seizure it gave me some peace to know that epilepsy was listed on her death certificate as one of the the ultimate causes um of her death, and I know that sounds bizarre, but there was comfort in me to know that she was being counted among that mortality and epilepsy in those statistics because they do matter to to your point. It's important to have those statistics. it's important to
1: have that accountability oh that's a, that's absolutely right. you know every death matters, right? And like you say, it's important for research purposes, for us to understand the scope of the problem so you can match up the resources to deal with the problem. But I think what you and I have experienced, and I have a hard time articulating it too, it's like, you also wanna know for yourself, you wanna understand like why why your loved, loved one died. It felt, I, I felt Henry's on Henry's death certificate, it was not sued up and it, it really upset me. You know, I felt like, his death didn't matter or or it was in vain, like it it had to be counted the right way and named the right way. And I I have heard many families um, over the years say the same exact thing. And um, there's a lot of work we need to do in developing stronger partnerships with the medical examiner community and the death investigator community to um, work together to figure out what are, what are the, how do we address the barriers to their ability to accurately um, identify these deaths and then report these deaths? It's, it's, a, it's a real problem.
2: Hi, this is Brandon from CURE Epilepsy. An estimated 3.4 million Americans and 65 million people worldwide currently live with epilepsy. For more than 20 years, CURE Epilepsy has funded cutting edge Patient focused research. Learn what you can do to support epilepsy research by going to cureepilepsy.org. Now back to seizing life.
0: In his address at the most recent PAMI conference, Dr. Buckhalter uh, said premature mortality is common, not rare in epilepsy. And you know, while the reporting of these statistics and these numbers is so important, ideally no one is is dying from the mortality and epilepsy at all, um, to know that these deaths are common, not rare, can be very unsettling and anxiety inducing for patients and for families. You know, I think one of the million dollar questions in this space is how do we get this information to the patients and their families without unnecessarily scaring them? Or it, is it necessary?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all really good questions. So I think that the thing is knowledge is power, right? That's why you're doing these podcasts. You are trying to inform people. And so, yeah, this is a scary topic. It's hard for a lot of doctors to talk about this topic. I mean we're all human, right? But knowledge is power and now there are a lot of resources and support services out there so that people can better manage their epilepsy and make better decisions so that they can mitigate mitigate these risks. So they're the websites right cures got a lot of great information epilepsy foundation at uh, Danny did Danny did has great information on seizure detection devices and they offer patient support um, and then there are all sorts of materials that providers have access to um, but I but I think you know it's important to be empowered right and to to ask questions. So I think where people need to start is they need to ask questions, ideally know their seizure triggers, take medica- medication as prescribed, know their risks, and have seizure action plans. So I think when we're armed with information, it might not be as scary and you can put your own risk, once you better understand it, into context. And And yes, These aren't as rare as we may have once thought, but most people with epilepsy are also going to do really well. Right. Absolutely true. So what can be done?
0: Because the the best person to relay this knowledge, this information to patients and families is their doctors, right? So how do we make sure
1: that the physician's are relaying this information? Yeah, it's another really good question. Um, so it's interesting, you know. Research has been done to understand what do people want to know and when do they want to know it. And most most individuals with epilepsy, families, caregivers want to know about these risks either at the time of diagnosis or short or shortly thereafter. Um, So I think it's important for, for clinicians to know that. And now there are practice and counseling guidelines available to help providers walk their patients through this information. How do you, how do you counsel people on this? What are the important points? How do you assess risk? So there are, um, there's, there's a lot of, information and the resources available to help providers do this well. And, and I think too, we're going to see over time that up and mortality risk education or counseling become quality measures. What does that mean? So a quality measure is like, how well is this um, practice doing around all sorts of pieces related to treating someone with epilepsy. So you can go in and see, oh, what percent of providers in this practice actually counseled their patients on epilepsy on on SUDEP risk or or mortality risk. And and if the practice didn't do well as a whole or the individual provider didn't do well on that, then there are um, there are systems in place to improve the care to circle back with that team or that provider and say, "Hey, you missed this. You know, let's start doing this counseling better." So it's it's a it's a very common way to assess how well um, medical teams are doing and taking care of their patients. So I think it's super exciting that this is going to be an indicator that people will be watching over time.
0: That's incredible. I would love to see sort of that awareness of suit up and and the various mortalities trickle down to you know primary care physicians as well or to pediatricians i always think about you know how little our our epileptologists understand epilepsy the further away from the specialty that you get even even less is known
1: i know you're so right and at the end of the day not as many people make it to the specialists as as they should and so it's incumbent it's incumbent on all these providers to be able to point people towards the right information and um, educate them. So we've we've got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, leading me
0: right into my next question. You know, what are your, your goals and uh, for PAMI, what would you love to see the organization accomplish in, in the near future and, and
1: the distant, distant future? So PAMI's goals are, are to pr- continue to provide relevant um, state-of-the-art content. So people continue to learn about these issues and become aware. But Pammy is also about fostering collaborations. And I love Pammy because it's the perfect example of how none of us can do this alone, right? We all have to come together to do this. CURE does one thing really well, EF does another thing really well, Danny did. I mean, there's so many organizations but we're much stronger when we work together and it's very humbling to work in this space because there are lots of really good people that that see that it's hard to work together sometimes you know but but it just really feels like now more than ever these walls have come down and and people want to be efficient with time and resources so right now pammy's very much focused on Educational content, but over time, I, I hoped that PAMI can help drive more solutions um, around all causes of mortality.
0: Now, having been working in the SUDEP space for and, and uh, mortality and epilepsy space for as long as you have, you have your finger on the pulse of a lot of the research that is going on. And while, you know, research, PAMI does not fund research. I wonder if you personally have a sense, are there certain pieces of research on the horizon that excite you or focuses that you wish organizations like Cure Epilepsy would uh, look into funding more closely?
1: You know, generally speaking, we need a lot more focus just on, on awareness. You know, that is still a challenge, right? And and the stigma of epilepsy. So um raising awareness of the public health importance of all of these causes of mortality is just really important, right? And then back to doctors need to talk about this, patients need to be educated. It sounds really simple, but that those that's a significant challenge. And there's actually a lot of research that needs to go in to drive that. Um, but then as we were talking about earlier, we need to develop better surveillance systems. Um, and then what CURE knows so well is, um, basic and translational research. That is key to understanding a lot of this. And we need to advance that work so that we can test some of these prevention strategies. And then we need to accelerate our search for a biomarker so we can really be more specific about who is at risk and how do you understand how to change that risk. Absolutely, I'm I'm seeing um,
0: so much exciting progress being made on biomarkers. And I really feel like that's going to be an interesting space to watch as, as science continues to push forward. Within the epilepsy community, you know, as we're talking about, you know, so these such heavy topics, I want to try and, and close us out on, on a slightly lighter note. What
1: within this community gives you hope? that's such an easy question I mean so what gives me hope is that I've actually seen a lot of progress in the relative amount of time that I've been in this space you know 10 15 years a, a lot has changed and it's the people I mean it sounds so corny but you know it's the people that keep me here because I really love this community and I I think th- the professionals and the families working together. Um, it's its inspiring to me that families can have such a voice in this space and, and make such a difference. And I've found such meaning in my loss um, by doing this work. And so that it just, it gives me a lot of hope. I am just so grateful
0: for you. If I can follow in your footsteps, I will just be, one happy woman. You are incredible and um, so grateful for your time today. Thank you for all that you do.
1: Oh, thank you, Kelly, for all you do and for all that Cure does.
0: Thank you, Gardner, for sharing your experience, knowledge, and insights with us. And thank you for your efforts to raise awareness and improve understanding of epilepsy-related mortality through the creation of PAMI. Cure Epilepsy has been at the forefront of research into epilepsy-related mortality since pioneering its SUDEP initiative in 2002. We continue to fund cutting-edge research to identify the underlying mechanisms of SUDEP while pushing for innovative solutions that will ultimately lead to SUDEP prevention. We hope you will support this important research by visiting cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Through research, there is hope. Thank you.
2: The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CURE Epilepsy. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. CURE Epilepsy strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical conditions be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual's specific health situation.